Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. I'm so excited about this morning's message. This series, it's lesson two, it's called Gatekeeper. And um, we found out that we are the gatekeepers of our hearts. And your heart is your spirit and your soul. Your spirit is the real you. And your spirit actually looks just like your body. Um, people that have out-of-the-body experiences, near-death experiences, they go to heaven, they come back. They recognize their friends or relatives. They say they looked exactly like they do here, only they're in their perfect age. They're like 30, perfect shape. If they were missing a limb here, um, their limbs are growing back on. That's your spirit man. When you accepted Christ, that, that spirit man inside you was recreated, and it is created and born again in the image of Christ. Your soul, you and I have a difficult time separating our soul and our spirit, but Jesus can. And that's your will, your mind, and your emotion. And that part of us, we're restoring. We're restoring it. We restore it as we hear the Bible taught, as we read the Bible. That's your heart. God has called you to protect it, to be the gatekeeper of it. And just this, this just a couple, like a month ago in July, Gene and I went on vacation, and we were in Florida, and we decided, you know, we were going to different beaches down there. And I found this beach on the internet. It was a private beach. And I told Gina, let's go try it out. She said, yeah. So you had to pay five bucks to get in. It was basically to park your car. So we parked our car. Then there's this huge grassy area. It's about a quarter mile to the beach. And I'm just thinking snakes are in the grass, you know, and that, that type of thing. But they had a nice walkway. So we go to get on the walkway from the parking lot, and there's a sign. And the sign says, we're at a beach. It says no swimming. And then it says uh, because of abrupt fall-offs and strong undercurrent. So I looked at Gina and I said, should we go? We decided, let's go. And uh, so halfway on, on the walk, the same sign. No swimming, abrupt drop-offs and strong undercurrent. We, we, we get off the walk, we're on the sand, the same sign, same sign. But they had this inlet of water that was there from the high tide, and it was like a little small lake and then the ocean. So Gina laid down, and she's reading right, right near that little inlet, and I can't lay still and tan. I, I'm too hyper. And so I, I told her, I'm going to go in the water. She looked at me, she said, it said no swimming. And I never obey signs. Uh, <laughs> I think they're suggestions. So, so I told her, <laughs> she's working on me, and I'm growing. But... Uh, I told her, I'm not going to swim. I'm just going to go waist deep. And because and, and, what I like to do is go waist deep, and then I get wet, and then I stand in the sun, and then I get wet when I dry off, and, and that's my big day at the beach. So, <laughs> so I told her, that's all I'm going to do. I walked out 200 yards, and it's still at my knees. I'm thinking, that's a long way to walk. And, and so I'm thinking, you know, when am I going to get waist deep? Well, then I took another step. And I'm putting down my foot with all my weight, and there's nothing there, but I can't pull back. And all of a sudden, I, I go off the drop-off. I was shocked it was there. I mean, <laughs> they didn't warn me at all. So, uh, <laughs> and now, I'm, now, now my feet aren't touching water, but an undercurrent caught me, and this undercurrent's taken me out. Thankfully, I'm a big guy. I, th I know it saved my life. And, and so I fought it, and I get up, and, and you know, they can take you a half mile out. And if it did that, goodbye, everybody. Thanks for praying for me on vacation. So I came up, maybe 100 yards or so it took me, and, and Gina was still reading. She didn't see any of it. So 
I had to swim back, and it was really uh, difficult because of the, just the, the water coming at me to swim back, but I got back. I never told her because I was too embarrassed, and so Wednesday, I said, honey, I'm going to share something in message, and I should tell you so you don't hear it in service, so I told her the story, but uh, you know what? Here's what we're going to find out today. I titled this message, Avoid, and uh, as the gatekeeper of your heart, God puts these signs up and says, avoid, don't go here, and they're up for our protection. I could have thought, man, these terrible people, they're not going to let me go in the water. They were trying to save me, and that's why they were telling me not to go, and God's the same way. He really loves us. Sometimes we think he's making life on fun, and he's telling us there's abrupt drop-offs, <laughs> and he's telling us there's a strong undercurrent, and we're, we're going to talk about some things that we need to avoid so that we protect our hearts. That's really, really important to God that you and I do that. It's very important to God. So uh, take a look at this scripture. This is Ephesians 5, verse 10, and it reads like this. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. So if there are things that please the Lord, it's understood we don't have to be um, professors in college to figure this out. Then there are things that don't please the Lord, displease Him. And so you and I have to read the Scriptures and notice how it's a process. You don't always know immediately, but you have to figure out what pleases God, what doesn't please God. Now, if you're a Christian, this is written to Christians. So this isn't about how we go to heaven. We go to heaven by trusting in Christ. Now that we've trusted in Christ and we've become Christians, God wants us to live a life that's pleasing. So he'll put these signs up and say, don't do this, this doesn't please me. And he also is telling us, if you do it, it's going to hurt you too. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you this for your good. So listen to the very next two verses. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that the ungodly people do in secret. So this is one of many signs in the Bible. And I'm not going to give you a list of do's and don'ts today because I believe you can figure it out yourself. But what I do want to do today is I'm going to do everything in my power to help you figure out where to go and where not to go, what to avoid and what not to avoid. So here's our theme scripture for the series. And I like to read it every week. And it reads like this, Proverbs 4.23. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. You're the gatekeeper of your heart. I can't be your gatekeeper. I can't guard your heart. Only you can guard it. We can do things in secret people will never know about. We have to make a decision. I'm going to protect this heart of mine. Did you notice the phrase, above all else. So we're, we're, to, pr we're to protect all kinds of things, you know. Uh, we protect our cars, don't we, by uh, buying car insurance. That's, that's a way of protecting your car. We protect our kids, our families. We protect our money. We're very careful where we put our retirement funds. Why? Those things are important. But you know what's even more important than all that? Your heart. Why? It will determine the very course of your life. I like the way the Message Bible says it. Keep vigilant watch over your heart. That's where life starts. And last week I explained these verses. So if you weren't here, you can listen to last week's lesson for free on, on our website or on our, on our uh, BC uh, podcast. You, you can listen to it for free. I encourage you to listen to it. But you know in your heart, that's where faith grows. And the Bible says faith can move mountains. Faith can change anything. Every one of us in this room are going to go through storms. Life is going to throw every one of us curves. 
And whether or not you come out on the other side broken and destroyed, or you come out on the other side stronger with the joy of God and the peace of God, is determined by what you allow to get into this thing called your heart. So I always have what I call a big idea, and I kind of create my message around it because I, I, I just want to get one thing across in every message. I'm here uh, a lot, so I'll, I'll catch what I don't catch this week, I'll catch next. And here's what I want you to walk out remembering today. If you live with it, it will live in you. And that's why we're going to talk about avoiding. If you live in it, it will live in you. My brother Jim's six years older than I am, and I'm the fourth of seven boys. Jim was the oldest. And when I was still in school, Jim had this incredible car. It was a 66 Buick Grand Sport. It was one of those muscle cars. It was gorgeous. It, it was two-tone blue. I love that car. I was too young to drive, but I love that car. But Jim had a job at the time at the Coke plant in Warren. The Coke plant still exists, although they, they put all these filters on to clean it up now. But he, he worked at the Coke plant. And in case you're not aware of what a plant like that is like, I, I want you to just imagine coals and imagine fine coal dust. Because if you worked at the Coke plant, when Jim came out of work, his hair was full of Coke dust and, and his face and his clothes. He'd have to come home and take his clothes off in the garage and get them right into the washer. But the worst thing about working there, that beautiful car that he always had clean, when he came home, it looked gray. It was just full of Coke dust. And that explains what we're going to talk about today. There's some atmospheres, if you go into them, you're going to walk out with Coke dust. And Coke dust isn't a pretty thing, and you don't want to walk out with Coke dust in those atmospheres. So I'll tell you an atmosphere story, and I've shared this at different times over 31 years here at Believers, but it will have impact for this story. I never really un understood atmospheres until I accepted Christ. I accepted Christ at 19. Before I accepted Christ, I was not a good kid. Um, I loved to get drunk. I loved to get high. All my friends were the same. And I loved nightclubs. And so um, I would be in nightclubs Friday night, sometimes Thursday, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. I'd be in a nightclub. And I'm talking about the disco ball and the big dance floor. This, you know, this is early, the 70s. And, and uh, huge bar, hundreds of people. I couldn't dance. I still could never dance a lick, but I would get out there anyway. And, and uh, I love nightclubs. So then I accept Christ, 19. And, and when you accept Christ, I can't explain. You'll never understand it until you do. Everybody that has understands it. All of a sudden, it's like God deals with your heart about things. And I had never had God deal with my heart until I accepted Christ. And I, ne I was never bothered by the atmosphere in a nightclub. Never bothered me. Um, never noticed that there was even an atmosphere there. And now I'm a Christian. I'm 19, and I want to go into nightclubs. I accepted Christ. And, and at the time, I felt like he was ruining my life because he dealt with me in my heart not to go in the nightclubs. And I debate God, especially back then, I would debate him, and I'd say, why? Show me why. There's no scripture in the Bible that says, thou shalt not go in a nightclub. I need to know why you don't want me in there. And he didn't say a word, but I just knew. Every time I thought about going in, I would have this grieving feeling, and I just knew God's dealing with me, don't go to a nightclub. So I decided not to go, I'm obeying God. Well, I'm working at this place, and uh, there's a girl there, and she's an attractive girl. This is before I met Gina. And um, all the married guys, all the married guys are telling me, you should ask her out. 
And I would just say, no, I'm, no, I'm not interested. And uh, I didn't tell him why. I didn't want to take her out because um, I was a Christian. And I, I just didn't want to take her out for that reason. And she wasn't a Christian. And so then she asked me out. And like a dummy, I said, okay. <laughs> and so I said, yes. And then um, I go to pick her up. And I didn't plan the night. I didn't say we're going to go here. I just pick her up go, what do you want to do? And she goes, I want to go to such and such nightclub. And you could eat at this nightclub, and then the whole thing, the ball, and all the floor, and all that. And, and like a dummy, I said, okay. So, so we go to the nightclub, and I hadn't been in one for several months. And when I walked in, I noticed the atmosphere. I never noticed that atmosphere before, but it came at me. It was like coke dust fell all over me, man. It was, I was just blasted with coke dust. And all of a sudden, I'm feeling the lust and all the sinful desires and so we sit down and we have dinner and then I go on the dance floor and, I, and I'm terrible on, on the dance floor but I dance and everybody's shaking it up and then the slow dance and then the slow dance brought all kinds of more coke dust and, uh, and so I was so glad when the night ended I was so glad and so I take her home and she says come on in and I come in I go okay like a dummy and I, I think the atmosphere got that going and so then then I sit on the couch, and she says, excuse me, and then she comes back, and she starts kissing me. And it's like, it only took a microsecond for me to act, but it seemed like a day. And, and I'm trying to think, should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I? And I jump up, and I look at her, and I said, hey, this has nothing to do with you. This is not about you. I'm a Christian. I accepted Christ, and I made a decision that I'm not going to have any sexual relations until I get married. And then I said this. I wanted to make sure I, she understood. I said, I'm not implying that's where you were going, but if I sit there and kiss, that's where I'm going. And I said, I said I've got to go home. And, and, and I said goodbye. She never talked to me again, and, and I was okay with that. So she never talked to me at work ever. So I went home and took a cold shower, literally took a cold shower. I couldn't get rid of the coke dust. I laid down in bed, and, and these thoughts are bombarding and coming at me like crazy. And that was when I learned about atmospheres and I really understood there are atmospheres that get on us and I never noticed it before I was a Christian but now that I'm not a Christian I noticed it and I'm not telling you what to do I'm just telling you if you love Jesus he'll show you what atmospheres you need to not go into so over the years this is a little old now um, we've had some young leaders and uh, they're volunteers but they're young leaders here and and they were going into nightclubs so uh, sometimes I had the youth minister talk to them, but most of the time I talked with them, and I'd sit them down, and I'd say, hey, I, I'm not, I don't want to control your life, but since you're a leader, since you're doing music in front of our young people here, um, and you're doing this or you're doing that in front of the young people, um, I don't want you going into nightclubs. And then I would always tell them why. I would tell them why. i say, I have two reasons. Okay, here's reason number one. You're an example. And for conscience sake, if we get a young kid that accepts Christ and then they see you doing that, they'll go do it and they may, they may walk away from God immediately. And we don't want that to happen. We want to be good examples. Then I would say, here's the second reason. I don't care what you know. Now understand, I'm talking to 20-year-old guys. I said, I don't care what you tell me. You're being bombarded with sexual thoughts if you're in that nightclub. And, and they'd look at me and say, oh, not me. And i just look at them and say, I was 20. You are. And, and I said, you are going to fall and you're going to fall big, and I don't want you to fall. And then I would tell them, now, if you're, if you're just a member, I'll never bother you, but if you're going to be a leader, I have to make sure you're a good example. 
And some of them listened, some of them left the church. I, I couldn't help that. But a lot of them would look at me and say, you are legalistic. And they say, you're under the law and I'm under grace and, 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 and I'm under grace and I can do whatever I want. And I would tell them, you know what, you're right, you can. And then I would show them this scripture. Here's a, here's a scripture that backed them up. 1 Corinthians 10, 23, it says this. You say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. And I'm just saying, guys, yeah, you're going to go to heaven because you go to heaven by accepting Christ. You can't work your way to heaven. And so if you go in that nightclub, it's not going to keep you out of heaven. I'm just trying to keep the coke dust off you. That's all I'm trying to do, man. Just keep you clean. And uh, some of them got it. Some of them didn't get it. And I love this scripture. It talks about grace. And guys, let me say this first. I'm a guy, so I come from a guy's perspective. And, and ladies, your coke plant might be totally different. And other people in here, your coke plant might be totally You understand what I'm saying. If you live in it, it will live in you. I don't know what it is. God's going to deal with you. But I tend to come at it from the guy's angle. And I have guys tell me all the time, I love this church. I love you. Man, I love your stories because it, it just lets me know I can, I, I, can, I can go somewhere. I can overcome. And that's why I share my stories. Um, but listen to what the Bible says, Titus 2, verse 11 and 2. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Now, notice grace teaches. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. And so grace teaches us, hey, you need to become pure, become more pure. And that's, listen to the next two verses. While we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness. Listen to this, it's so cool. And to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. God wants to purify the heart. So you're the gatekeeper of the heart. God wants to purify it. Did you notice a lot? I love the last part of the verse, and I love when people are like this, that, that we're eager to do what's good. In other words, I don't have to tell you to do that. You want to do what's right. I'm trying to just grow people on their own to come to this place in their life to where they just say, you know what? I, I don't want to go near that. I want to stay as far away from that as I can. And you know what? This is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. I had to grow. I had to have my battles. I had to say no to things. I had to learn things the difficult way. And so I'm just trying to help. This is a fascinating thought. Um, we all know what landmines are, and we have watched war movies, and you may even know some veterans that have stepped on them, and we definitely have watched or saw them on TV. When you step on a, land, a live landmine, it will blow your limb off, uh, shrapnel will go all over and hit all parts of your body, could lose an arm. They're deadly. And this is, this is so interesting. Um, World, World War um, I is 80 years ago. World War II is 69 years ago. And do you know that certain parts of Europe still have live landmines? In Belgium, they have a team that searches for live landmines. Can you imagine? Germany was defeated... 69 years ago in World War II, 80 years ago in World War I, and there's still live landmines because they were planted there. And people could still step on a landmine even though the war is over, and that's how your enemy is. That's how the devil is. Jesus defeated him. He is beaten, but he has planted landmines all over this world, and there are coke plant landmines everywhere, and you and I as Christians have to be aware that they're there 
and we have to make a decision, we're going to avoid certain atmospheres to protect ourselves. So I came up with some lists. I just want to help people grow and make their own decisions. So I'm going to talk about atmospheres you might need to avoid. And the first one is certain TV shows and movies. I mean, today this is a big deal, right? We watch TV. I watch TV. I, I love movies. I love movies. I love TV. Watch it all the time. Watch the Browns last night. They look good. They look good. <laughs> Didn't watch the Spir uh, Steelers. Prayed that they'd lose. Okay. So, no, I'm not that much against them. Uh, here we go. Listen to this. V video media can be spiritual, neutral, negative, or sinful. So it's not all bad. I remember when I first accepted Christ, I ran into what you would call holiness people. And you weren't ever allowed to go to a movie. You weren't allowed to watch anything on TV. And it's like, there's some good things on TV, man. What, what are you, crazy? And, and uh, so you weren't allowed to, to do any of that. But you know what? There are also some very bad things. There's some landmines out there. So you and I have to figure that out, and we have to know what's good and what's bad. And, man, we're, we're, in, a, we're in a season today where sex is very open on TV. And uh, I'll tell you what, when, when I was a young guy in the 70s, I, I loved sci-fi. And I loved this show called Battlestar Galactica. I just loved uh, with, with uh, Lauren Green, I think, was the star. And I love that show. And so 10 years ago, I saw it was coming out. And I'm like, tanked. I'm telling Gina. They're going to have the good graphic. It's going to be incredible. I couldn't wait for it to come on. And I remember watching the first episode. Um, I always have a go-to channel when something comes on that's racy, and it's always the news. And there was this blonde girl that was badly dressed and very seductive, and she's all over that first show, so I'm just on the news all the time. I missed half the plot. And, and, uh, and I don't do that because the first time I see her, I fall apart. I do that out of respect to my wife, and I do that because I don't want coke dust on me. If, if you live in it, it eventually will get in you. And that's, that's, I don't want that in me. I don't want it in me. So I told Gina, I said, man, I'm going to give it one more shot. And I watched the second show, and it was the same. And I never watched it. I have not watched it yet. I was mad because I thought, I want to watch that bad. But, but I haven't watched it. They should have a Joe version of everything they make. So <laughs> I watched shows, and I said, I'd like this without the sex. It'd be better without the sex. Just take the sex out. And it'd just be just as good, even better. So, so uh, I had to make a decision. I don't, know, I don't know what you have to make decisions for. You know, most of the ladies in here, that you could watch Battlestar Galactic, you know what I'm saying? But it wasn't for me, and, and uh, I, had to, I had to protect myself. I'm the guardian of my heart. Now, for those of you that have young kids, I always like to encourage parents. When our kids were young, we were very uh, uh, much a gatekeeper, man, and we watched our kids and what they watch. Now, I was probably more strict than I needed to be, but I remember I didn't allow them to watch anything but G-rated TV and movies uh, until uh, they were in junior high. Probably overdid it. But I found other things for them to watch, and uh, they watched a show. It was called The Gospel Bill Show. Willie George was Gospel Bill. He was a cowboy, and so it was all cowboy. It was a half-hour show, and, uh, and it was cool. They always brought a Bible theme in, into the show, and they called alcohol corn liquor. And, uh, and, and uh, they would always have a town drunk, and then they would try to teach you, don't, don't be drunk, you know. And uh, corn liquor. So Joe, Joe Jr. and Dave watched it all the time. They, they, that was one of their key shows, and I enjoyed it. it was, they caught my attention. They were good, well put together well. So um, Joe's teacher in a Christian school was going to get married. Gina couldn't make it. 
And uh, so I took Joe, and I think he's second grade. So, so imagine his son now is going in the first grade. So imagine j- just a little bit older than his son, uh, my, my grandson Joey. And, and uh, so we get to the wedding, and we walk in, and there's, they're serving alcohol. I fully understand what's going on at the wedding. I, I understand. But I, Joe's eyes are this big, you know. And, and so we sit down, and we're sitting there, and people are talking to me, and I'm trying to, and then Joe kneels, he's trying to get my attention, he, can't, he kneels down on his chair, he gets right in my ears, dad, dad, dad. So finally I turn around, I go, honey, what is it? He goes, they're drinking corn liquor. And, and uh, I said, yes, they are. But I said, son, we'll talk about it when we get home. He goes, dad, dad, no, no, they shouldn't be drinking corn liquor. This is my teacher. She shouldn't be drinking corn liquor. And, and uh, I said, honey, I'll explain it to you when we get home. Then I try to go back to some conversations because it, it just was impossible at that age to, to explain it quickly. And uh, so then he grabs my shoulder and gets my attention again. And here's, I'm not making this up. You can ask Joe. I was shocked at what he said. Gina and I laughed about it for a long time. He looks at me, he's as serious as can be. He said, Dad, you need to stand on this table and preach the gospel of Jesus to these people. <laughs> That's what he told me. And Joe's still that way. He hasn't changed, I'm telling you. You'll hear it. When he ministers, you'll hear that come out. And here's why I shared it. Here's why I shared it. What they feed on, man, what what you feed on, if you live with it, it will live in you. And it was living in him. He didn't have the filters to understand life and culture, but it was living in him. Now, I recently went to see Hercules um, with Dwayne Johnson. Incredible. I love those kind of movies. It was clean. It was an incredible movie. And... and, uh, Here's what shocked me. I saw two-year-olds, three-year-olds, four-year-olds, five-year-olds, six-year-olds, eight-year-olds watching that movie with their parents. And I'm just sitting there. Jeannie didn't go. That's not her kind of movie. So I'm by myself, and I'm just sitting there thinking, Lord, do they have any idea? Their kids are going to have nightmares for a long time because there's a lot of action, a lot of, lot of killing in, in the movie. And I'm just thinking, don't they understand? If you live with it, it will live in you. And parents, you just have to understand, you're the gatekeeper. Uh, for your parents. Adults, you're the gatekeeper. So here's the second thing. Certain music. I love music, so music's a big part of my life. And uh, I like to say this about music. Music can be spiritual, neutral, or sinful. Some Christians say certain beats are a sin. Uh, Give me a break. I mean, (laughs) melodies and beats are not a sin, man. And and, uh, if you like some certain kind of music, great. I always told my kids, just find the, the Christian version or make sure the lyrics are clean because uh, lyrics are what you want to watch for because what's attached to a melody will get planted deep in your heart. So you're the gatekeeper. You have to just, if it's attached to a melody, it's going to get in there. How many of us can agree if we're in a restaurant and we hear a song uh, from our childhood, doesn't everything come back? It, it does. Why? When you attach something to melody, it gets in there deep. So I, I don't want to stand up here and be religious. Every now and then I, I, I listen to secular music. I do. Uh, I, I like Pandora. Pandora on my iPhone, I can... I can um, create my own radio station. So I have one called 70s Rock, and, and uh, I, I love 70s Rock, but you can give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down, and so when something's bad lyrics, I just give it a thumbs down, they never play it again. So I, I have a radio station that's pretty, pretty cool. Uh, most of, you know, the words are just neutral. They, they don't hurt me, but they don't give me any life. I, lo- I also have a Frank Sinatra station I, r- I really like, and uh, listen to him, and sometimes, but that's probably 5% of my, my listening. The majority of the time, I listen to worship music because I realize 
that if I live with it, it will live in me. So every now and then I get in the mood and say, I'm going to hear some 70s rock and, and I might listen to it. You have to, you have to be careful what you're listening to because if you live with it, it will live in you. The coke dust will just bombard you and get in you. And can we agree that music's gotten a lot worse than it's ever been, guys? The lyrics are crazy. And then if you listen to watch video music, I, I don't understand this. Uh, I have two daughters, and I don't understand ladies singing in their undergarments. Uh, it, it doesn't make sense to me. And I think, where's their daddy? Their daddy should have told them, that's for your husband, man. Don't, don't do that. Uh, but there's all kind of stuff out there. Now, girls, when you're watching, it may not bother you, but guys, that stuff is going to bombard you, and you, ha you have to protect yourself. So that's, that's, that's something you're the gatekeeper. You have to decide. That's all I'll say there. Um, and ruin everybody's day. Okay, um, <laughs> young, young kids are going, I used to like you, Pastor Joe. Okay, L listen to this. Certain people, certain people, certain people need to be avoided. Not everybody, but uh, people can be positive, negative, spiritual, or sinful. I, I hang out with some non-Christians at times. I'll go have coffee, I'll talk to them. They're not my best friends. My best friends are Christians like me. They love God like I do. Those are the people I spend the... But, but the Bible says we're a light in the world, so I'll, I'll, I'll try to have relationships with people that don't know Christ. They're not my best friends. But I, I'll tell you what, at every stage in my Christian walk, I've, I've kind of changed friends because some people don't want to go where I'm going, so I look for new best friends. I'm always nice to everybody, but I'll look for a new best friend. And I remember, I say this for the new Christians, when I first accepted Christ, all my friends got high with me, we got drunk together, uh, we were just living a loose life, and so I accepted Christ, and I wanted to be, I was only 19, but I, I, God gave me some wisdom, and so I sit my friends down individually, and I say, hey, I really like you, and I accepted Christ. I'm, I'm going to church now, and, uh, and, and, and I'm not going to get high anymore, and I'm not going to get drunk anymore, and I'm not going to talk about these dirty jokes and all that anymore, but I want to be your friend. And, and, uh, and I said, and I'd love you to come to church. If you don't want to come to church, that's fine, but when I'm around you, I'm not going there. I lost every friend. I lost every friend I had. I, but I made new, new and more friends. And, and I believe if I would have not made those stances, I probably wouldn't be up here. I probably would have walked away from God. And those are stances that are important. And every one of you in life, I can't tell you, uh, I can't tell you who's a bad influence. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Listen to this. Do not be let, misled. Bad company corrupts good character. So, you know, if, you, if you're with the wrong person, it can corrupt you. And you will know that. I hang out with relatives that aren't Christians. Um, I, I don't use this as an excuse to just build a wall around myself, but who's going to be the people I'm closest with? They're going to be people that are pursuing God the way I am, and that's what I'm trying to encourage you to do. God will deal with you. I'm not making a list. How about this one? This is important. Certain places on the internet, um, that's an atmosphere we may have to avoid, and you know, the internet has wholesome and uh, unwholesome uh, content, and I, I just, I live on the internet for what I do. When I first started pastoring, um, I would have all these big reference books in front of me and then a pad with a pen. And in order to study, I'd have to write all my notes. Then I have to grab this book and then that book and then this book. Now everything I, every one of those books and everything you can ever imagine is all on the internet for free. Can you imagine it's for free? And, and it's wonderful. But here's something else. And I, I, you know, again, I'm not trying to ruin anybody's day. But do you know on this smartphone, I, I, can, I can watch pornography at any time. You could watch pornography on a smartphone. You can watch pornography anytime for free, for free on, an, on a pad, any kind of pad, any computer. It's, it's, it's there anytime you want to. 
And, and, and it's important to know that that's out there. And if you struggle with that, you, you want to get some protection. My kids, my boys, I always had them protected when they were at the house. And now, now you know, Aaron does it uh, for, for Joe. And uh, let me show you something that you may want to do. Uh, these are internet, internet porn protection softwares. And one is Covenant Nanny. It's pretty cool. Uh, X3 Watch is really good. And K9 Web Protection is really, really good. And here's how these work. I have a lot of young men, they ask me to be their accountability person. So they can put this on their computer, but then I put in a security code, which means they can't get rid of it. They don't know the code. And then it sends me an email whenever they go to a questionable site. So can you imagine, they're, they're in their room at night thinking, I'm tempted, I'm tempted, but Pastor Joe's getting an email. Uh, I, I, that helps, man, that helps. That helps. And, and, and uh, I think all of us need accountability people. You know, uh, it's good to have a computer in a place where someone can walk in on you. That, that helps. That helps. Um, TV, it's good to have it in a place where, uh, you know, somebody can walk in on you. Uh, Joe McGee said this two weeks ago when he was here, and I agree, when he raised his kids, he didn't allow them to go in their bedroom and have a TV or a phone. And again, I know I might be ruining some of your lives, but I'm not really ruining it. You think I'm ruining it. I'm helping you, man. I'm helping you keep coke, coke, uh, coke dust off, and I'm, I'm helping. I'm, I'm saving your lives uh, because if you live with it, it will live in you. And here's something else. There are some things that you're not strong enough to say no to, and Jesus talked about this. He, Jesus was wonderful. What a wonderful teacher, and he's helped my life so much. And listen to what he said in Matthew 18. In verse 8, he says, So if your hand or foot causes you to sin... Cut it off and throw it away. Aren't you glad this isn't literal? He says, better to enter heaven crippled than to be in hell with both uh, uh, your hands and your feet. Verse 9, and if your eyes cause you to sin, gouge it out, throw it away. Better to enter heaven with one eye than to be in hell with two. And he's just telling us, it, it, it's, just, it's just saying, guys, there's some things in life that you are not strong enough to say no to. So stay away from them. I always tell people, you could lock me up in the liquor part of a grocery store. You could make me sleep there. And I'll wake up in the morning and I would not have taken one drink. I could care less. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Now, if you lock me up in the ice cream aisle, <laughs> half that aisle may be gone in the morning. And, and so, can we all agree we, we have things that are strong? too strong for us. When, when my kids were younger, I used to come from this office here to go home, and we lived on Brookwood Drive at the time in Holland, and uh, I always passed the Dairy Queen in Holland on Old 82, and I'd turn in every night and get a vanilla cone dipped in chocolate. I just love that vanilla cone chocolate. And then I, I, I would, and I'd eat it before I got home, so it was gone before I got home, and so um, I kept thinking, I got to get in shape, and I'm working out. And I was running with Gina at the time, and, 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 and um, dairy makes me congested. It just makes my lungs congested. So I was having the worst workouts in the morning, and sometimes I'd throw a, a, a Whopper in there with cheese at, at, at night, too. And, 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 I, and my lungs were hurting. It was so hard to run. And, and, uh, and I would pray and say, God, help me. God, help me. And, and, and I remember leaving work saying, God, help me tonight, help me. And, and as soon as I got to Dairy Queen, I turned left and went in. I did it every night. So, so one day I was just praying, saying, God, I need help. And here's what God said. This scripture came to mind. Joe, you need to go home a different way. 
you're just not strong enough for Dairy Queen, Joe. Go home a different way. And, and uh, so I went home. It took me twice as long to get home. And I was okay at that point. Sometimes things are just stronger than us. But I, I don't want to lighten the fact that we go to God for help. But there's just sometimes when we, we also just need to avoid things. If you live with it, it will live in you. I want to finish with one scripture. You ready? And then we're going to pray. I love this scripture. I, I need this scripture. You need this scripture. I, I hope you understand I'm not a judgmental person. I'm just telling you how God's worked in my life. Hebrews 4, 14. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest, Jesus, of ours, he understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. Jesus lived in the body. He was tempted to turn left into Dairy Queen or whatever, to go to the Coke plan here. He had temp temptations, not a sin, a thought to do something is not a sin. When we take it, that's a sin. He was tempted. But listen to verse 16. It says, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. Grace is God's ability that supersedes our ability. How many of you like mercy? Mercy's First John 1 John 1.9, Father, forgive me for I've sinned. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you. So you might be here and you might say, I need mercy. That's the first thing I need. So I want you to know mercy is there from heaven. But then you might be here. And you might say, I need grace. And you know what? God can give you grace to overcome anything that's coming at you in this life. So with that being said, let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Let's pray. Father, I've done my best to teach a Bible principles here today about avoiding and I thank you for doing what you did. The Holy Spirit did so much more than I did up here. And Lord, as we just sit before you, you've already dealt with some people. You'll deal with some of us this week. Some of us are right on the right track. You're just saying, good job. Others are saying, uh, you, need, you need to avoid that. You need to avoid that. And Lord, whoever we are, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Lord, I feel there might be a couple here that, a few that say, man, my kids are half grown or they're already grown and I wish I knew some things that I know now. Lord, Lord, show them, show them your mercy and show them that you can reach their kids even now. And we thank you, Lord, for where we make mistakes or we don't know, you always cover us. And Lord, we pray for those kids that you'd get a hold of them. And Lord, for all of us, thank you for changing us. Thank you for speaking to us. And Lord, if we need to make the decisions that we need to make, thank you for giving us grace to make those decisions let's bow the head our heads close our eyes and i realize guys god's going to keep talking to you not only now but as we go but i, I want to give one one call for prayer you guys ready you know i shared that number before the offering of how many people accepted christ and the reason that's exciting to me is because the bible says if we call on his name he saves us that's why our church is all about connecting people with God. We want to connect people that don't know him. And then Christians, we want to connect them like we, today's message and take them to a higher level. And if you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I can't remember a day when I made it personal with Jesus. I realize many people grew up in churches, Protestant, Catholic, traditional churches. That's great. You have a wonderful foundation. And some of you may have, some of you may not have made it personal. And I want to give you a chance today to make it personal. Personal. The Bible says... If you call on his name, he'll save you. 
That's something you do from your heart. You're the gatekeeper of your heart. You have to open your heart up to Jesus the first time as the gatekeeper and say, Jesus, I believe, I accept you. Sometimes in a, a, in a traditional church, we say rote prayers, but we don't really mean them. And here's what I'm asking today. Heads are bowed, eyes closed. Do you believe Jesus died? He said, if you call on his name, he'll save you. Are you ready today to say, I'm going to make it personal? And if you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I'm ready, would you pray with me right now? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Everybody else in the room, would you help them pray? Say this after me. Say, Lord God, I repent of all my sins. And today, I come to accept Christ. Jesus, I believe you died for me. God raised you from the grave. And today, I receive you as my Savior. And I make you Lord of my life. I make a decision to follow you. I'm going to follow you by reading my Bible and attending church so I can grow spiritually. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.